not only does God want us and want a relationship with us, but he doesn't want his relationship with us to be on the back burners. You know, he wants his relationship with us to be stronger than any relationship we have with anyone on this earth. Stronger than our relationship with our parents, our brothers and sisters, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, best friends, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. God wants his relationship with you to be the strongest relationship and the most committed relationship you have out of anybody on the face of this planet. Don't let Jesus become a name that you only call on in times of need. Don't let him become a name that you only call on when you're in trouble and when you need help. But let him be the name you call on from beginning to end as the one who loves you and the one who can bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Do you ever feel like you get lost in the crowd or that your life doesn't really matter? With just one God and a world so crowded, how can he be interested or even have time for me? The truth is, our God is a big God who loves us so much that he's desperate to have a deep, meaningful relationship with each one of us. But he also wants us to have a deep, meaningful relationship with him. In today's message, Caleb Buchanan brings a powerful word about how much God wants us. You know, oftentimes, people, whether you're a new Christian who's just stepping into the faith, still needing a lot of help along, or you're somebody who's kind of been there for a while, you know, they, they're strengthening their relationship with God and moving forward, but they still need some help. Or you're somebody who, like me, was born into the church and has been in the church for his whole entire life, or somebody who's been in the church for decades and decades and has that strong relationship with God. Or if you're an atheist, even don't believe or have your doubts, no matter what category you fall into, I feel like a lot of people have a misconception of Christianity. At one point in their lives, at least, they've had a misconception that they have to maintain a certain level of holiness to prevent God from being mad at them, to prevent God from sending his fiery wrath on them and facing those consequences. But... I'm here to tell you today that this is not Christianity. We often fall into this legalistic, religious, cookie-cutter mindset that we do have to maintain that certain level of holiness to prevent God from being mad at us, but that's just not it. There's one simple truth that I want everybody in here to know. It's one thing that I heard three years ago and still think about constantly to this day. Now, I'm not going to say the whole truth just at the start. You're going to hear me say something, and you might be confused, but that's not the whole truth. That's just half of it. But what I want to tell those of you who fall into the mindset that God, that we have to maintain that certain level of holiness, that we have to follow a list of do's and don'ts, a list of rules to keep God from being mad at us. What I want to tell you is this. God doesn't need you. Now, I know a lot of you might be confused, like, what in the world is this kid, Caleb, talking about on stage, telling us that God doesn't need us? Or I know that some of you might even be thinking, well, if God doesn't need me, what in the world am I doing here today? Or even, well, of course God doesn't need me. I'm just a number out of the 7.7 .7 billion people on the face of this earth. Why would he need me? But you see, that's where, that's where there's... That's where there's a difference. This moves into the title of my sermon and into the big difference, into that one thing that I heard 
three years ago at a worship conference in Gwinnett that I still think about constantly, almost on an everyday basis, and that is this. God doesn't need you, but he wants you. I have to repeat that one more time. I need it to really resonate in your minds and in your hearts. God doesn't need you, but he wants you. God is God. You know, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The great I am, creator God, Yahweh. Why would he have any need for us? But you see, that's where the difference come in, comes in. Our existence, God's existence and his well-being isn't reliant on us as a necessity. But that's the difference. God doesn't need us. He wants us. He has a hunger for us and a desire for us. He thirsts and strives to have a relationship with every single one of you in this room. He doesn't need us. He wants us. Now, I need to tell you before I continue that not only does God want us and want a relationship with us, but he doesn't want his relationship with us to be on the back burners. You know, he wants his relationship with us to be stronger than any relationship we have with anyone on this earth. Stronger than our relationship with our parents, our brothers and sisters, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, best friends, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. God wants his relationship with you to be the strongest relationship and the most committed relationship you have out of anybody on the face of this planet. He wants his relationship with you to surpass fleshly love and earthly desire and move into a spiritual, supernatural kind of love. But for this to work, God can't be the only one putting in any effort. For this to work, God can't be the only one who desires and strives and hungers for a relationship with us. God can't be striving for a relationship with us while we're kind of just sitting on the sideline with one foot in and one foot out. Revelations 3, 15 through 16 tells us, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Let me ask you a question. Okay. How many people in here, by show of hands please, drink coffee or tea? That's pretty much everybody in this room. Okay, so now let me ask you, how, how do you like your coffee or tea? You know, you, you like your, your iced java mocha frappuccino, two shots of cinnamon, two shots of pumpkin, or whatever it is that you guys drink. You like your fresh cup of coffee, fresh in the morning to get your day started. Or you like a nice chilled cup of iced tea to, to relax and kick back in the heat. Or do you like your uh, fresh, hot cup of chai tea to really kickstart your morning and get you into the night? Okay, well, how about this? What if I gave you a cup of coffee or tea, right? Now, it's a delicious cup of room temperature coffee and tea. Whoo, whoo, I know you like that. Don't worry, don't worry. It's only been sitting out for a couple of <coughs> days, um, hours, whatever it is. It's still good, right? Well, all jokes aside, why should God settle for any of us being lukewarm Christians when we won't even settle for lukewarm? I like what my friend Serge sent me. It said, 
God isn't a spare tire that you pull out when you're in trouble. He's a steering wheel that directs you through the paths in your life. Don't let Jesus become a name that you only call on in times of need. Don't let him become a name that you only call on when you're in trouble and when you need help. But let him be the name you call on from beginning to end as the one who loves you and the one who can bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Pursue God and truly reap the blessings that he has in store for you. And I know some of you in here might not know how to do that exactly. You might not know what it means to pursue a relationship with God, to have that hunger for God in your soul and to act on that hunger. Well, we see in James 4, 8, it starts by saying, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, I feel like that verse is pretty self-explanatory. You know, we draw close to God and that he in turn draws close to us. You know, it's that transparent. It's that simple. You know, whether, whether it's reading your Bible, worshiping with all your heart, praying and talking to God, pursuing him, putting your full trust in him, all of these are ways for us to really connect and draw closer to God. And as we draw close to him, he will also draw close to us. Now, as I was saying before, we can't let our relationship with God be one-sided. We have to strive and hunger for God as well. And I want to paint you a picture and give you a real-world example that I feel like everybody from the youth to the adults can, can think and can relate to. Take a man and a woman in a relationship, right? Say the woman gives her all, gives her everything to that man. She's purely 100% devoted to him and to making that relationship stronger. She does everything she can to strengthen that relationship, but while she's doing all of that, he's kind of just like, eh, you know, I guess I love you or whatever, I mean. You know, he might, he might give her a kiss goodnight if that, right? How can a relationship work like that. You know, he spends more time focused on the big game and going out to bars, going to work, focused on all these things in his life that distract him from her. And while he's doing that, he's erasing all the progress that she's made to strengthen that relationship. How can a relationship thrive and flourish when only one person puts in any work? How can a relationship strengthen and grow when only one person is making an effort while the other person is there erasing all the progress that they've made? How can our relationship with God thrive and flourish and strengthen and grow when we're living a life of lukewarm, stagnant faith? Going back to uh, what I mentioned before, a lot of people have a, a misconstrued view of Christianity. They think that there's that list of rules that we have to follow, that list of do's and don'ts that we have to follow, and that if we slip up one time, you know, if we break one of those rules, then watch out. God's going to send his lightning and strike you on the head. That's the misconstrued view of Christianity that a lot of people have. But I cannot stress this enough to you. I cannot urge enough to you that this isn't Christianity. That's the type of legalistic, religious mindset that turns people away from the church in the first place. But you see, this isn't Christianity at all. 
Christianity isn't religion. It's relationship. That's another thing that I have to say one more time so you can really, really hear it and think about it. Christianity is not religion. It's relationship. And continuing with that relationship analogy that I had before, you know, say you have a man and a woman, right? In an unhealthy relationship, you have one where you two are constantly having to tiptoe around each other. You know, always having to be careful of what you say and what you do. Always skating on thin ice with one another because you're afraid of making the other person mad and facing the consequences of their anger. You know, in an unhealthy relationship, people act and do things a certain way to prevent their significant other from being mad at them. In juxtaposition to that, in a healthy relationship, people do things not with the mindset of trying to make sure that the person they love isn't mad at them and trying to make sure they don't face consequences of their anger, but instead, they do things to make their significant other happy. They do things to bring them joy because in a healthy relationship, the happiness of the person you love gives you joy in itself. And this analogy ties directly into our relationship with God. The misconception of Christianity is one of legalism and religion, that we have to follow that list of rules, that we have to follow that list of do's and don'ts to make sure that God isn't mad at us and that we don't face his fury. But that's the difference where, that's the difference between religion and relationship. A relationship with our Heavenly Father is what Christianity is truly about. A relationship with our Heavenly Father, in a relationship, we act a certain way, carry ourselves a certain way, and pursue Him to make Him happy, to make Him pleased. And in turn, when we make Him happy, we can fully reap the benefits that He has in store for us, the benefits of His love and the benefits of His grace and mercy. And the cycle continues because when we make God happy, it makes us happy because we reap those benefits. And when we're happy, God's happy also. So the cycle just keeps going and going and going. Now, one thing that I've heard my dad say so many times throughout the years, and I'm sure a lot of you youth have heard him say this at one point or another as well, is this. God isn't mad at us. Not even a little bit. God isn't mad at us, but he's madly in love with us. Now, that's one more thing that I have to say. God isn't mad at us. He's madly in love with us. He's madly in love with every single one of you, me, you, everybody. God is not mad at us even a little bit. And he wants a relationship with every single one of us, as I've been stressing to you. And pursuing the relationship with God is not complicated. Oftentimes, we have a picture in our mind of a complicated process to pursue a relationship with God, but in reality, it's not complicated at all. God made a way through his son, Jesus Christ, for us to enter a relationship with him and for us to enter fellowship with him. He made it easy, not complicated. Religion is what makes it complicated. The lies of Satan are what makes it complicated. But in reality, Pursuing a relationship, maintaining a relationship with God is not complicated at all. Because Jesus did all the hard work for us on the cross, right? Jesus took on the sins of the world for us on the cross, right? So where's the difficulty for us? We don't have to get crucified to meet with God. We don't have to go 
follow a list, do things to just speak to God. We can have, we have a direct line of communication with God through Jesus. All we have to do is have faith and pursue him and live our lives with his glory in mind. Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Most of us have heard John 3.16, or know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus' body was broken and his blood was shed. His body broken for our healing and his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. We don't have to go through any complicated process to talk to God. John 14.6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through Jesus, we have that direct line of communication to God. Through Jesus, we have that direct line for us to get to heaven at the end of our lives here on earth. There's no complicated things about it. There's no clauses, no fine print. As you make an effort, as you have faith and make an effort to draw closer to God, he'll in turn draw close to you as well. And all it takes is a little bit of faith. Like I said at the beginning, you can be a seasoned veteran or even a rookie in the kingdom of God because as it says in Matthew 17, 20, you can have faith the size of a mustard seed and still move the mountains in your life. Faith the size of a mustard seed is all you need to turn the tides and to move the mountains and to break the chains in your life. Faith the size of a mustard seed can break the chains of drug addiction, of pornography addiction, of alcoholism, of gambling addiction. Faith the size of a mustard seed is all it takes to turn the tides in a dying marriage, a toxic relationship, failing grades, financial downfall. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move the mountains of fear and of depression and of anxiety in your life. All it takes is a little bit of faith. All it takes is that little bit of faith and you can truly move the mountains in your life, truly break those chains. All it takes is a little bit of faith for, to know that God's got your back for you to start a relationship with him. And here's the thing, like I said, it's not hard to love God. It's not hard at all. In fact, 1 John 4, 8, these two verses that I'm about to read, they are my favorite verses of all time. 1 John 4, 8 tells us, God is love. Those three simple words, God is love. There's nothing to be afraid of when going into a relationship with God because you go further in 1 John 4, 18, it tells us that there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in coming to God for anything in your life. There's no fear to approach God for anything that's going on in your life. No fear of condemnation. No fear of embarrassment. No fear of shame. Because if God is love and there is no fear in love, then that means we have nothing to be afraid of when coming to God. Not even Satan himself. Nothing to be afraid of when coming to God. In fact, Hebrews 4.16 tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. So today... I want to give you that opportunity to come boldly before his throne of grace. I want to give everybody that chance to have no fear, to put your trust in Jesus, to surrender it all to him, and to accept his perfect love. 
and to reap the benefits of a relationship with God, including the benefits of having eternal life in heaven. All the worries of this world, whether they're worries about relationship or financials, all the sins that you've been forgiven for but can't let go, you still have condemnation and guilt for these sins. All your addictions and all the baggage from events of the past, put it in the bag and come drop it at the feet of Jesus forever. Drop that bag and lay it all down. Surrender it all into Jesus' hands because there are no better hands to hold your life. There are no better hands to control the circumstances and situations in your life. Give it all to Jesus right now, today. Put your full trust in him. Reap the benefits of his perfect love. Find freedom in Jesus and accept the healing and forgiveness that he gave us on the cross. Don't be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed. You know, all the condemnation that you deal with, all the baggage that you're carrying that's weight on your shoulders, all the things that you're worried about and concerned with. I want you to take your imaginary bag, right? I want you to take all the concerns of the world, all the things that, you, that you're dealing with, and I want you to pack it in that bag, zip it up, and I want you to come to the altar and drop that bag at the feet of Jesus because his blood can wash it all away. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.